You're listening to The Jill Monaco Show, episode number 39. Welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. Each week, I hope to bring you a message that inspires, encourages, or challenges you to go after and live a life you love. Join me and my friends as we explore what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Here we go. Okay, welcome to the Jill Monaco Show, everyone. I am your host, Jill. And today, my guest, Chrissy, and I are going to be talking about encountering the presence of God. Now, that phrase is actually the vision I have for my ministry and the foundation for everything that I do in ministry, including how to love well. And I don't know how many people other than Chrissy, could talk about this subject that would be as inspiring as her. Her stories are going to literally knock you off your feet. So be sure you can listen to this whole podcast because I promise you, you are not going to want to miss a single one of her stories. Now, Chrissy Nelson is a mom, a wife, an author, a speaker, and a TV host. She hosts her own show, Created for the Impossible, which airs on multiple television networks. She has a vision to help people see themselves the way God sees them. And if you've been listening to my show for any length of time, you know that that is a passion of mine as well. Her passion is to speak hope to hearts and life to dry bones. Come on now. She regularly hosts women's conferences and ministers at outreaches around the nation. Her first book, Created for the Impossible, is available wherever books are sold. And I promise you're going to want to get your hands on that. And Chrissy is based in Pensacola, Florida, where she lives with her husband and her two children. So let's get on to my conversation with Chrissy. Chrissy, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to have you. You know, we talked a few days ago just to get ready for this show, and I just got to hear some of your stories, and it just made me realize, like, I just need more of this on the podcast. People need to hear the things that God is doing, and your encounters are so inspiring. Oh, well, I love sharing about them. It's um, It never gets old, that's for sure. Yeah. You know what? One of the things I was thinking about was— um, often I talk about how how we know each other, and most of my guests I actually know in person, and I've never met you. Um, we kind of met through social media, but I feel like I know you after that first conversation. <laughs> yeah, we became sisters when you start sharing about the Lord and the encounters you've had. It just it binds the that's the the whole purpose of it. We get bound together as sisters in Christ. So true. Well, I um I know that one of the things you were telling me was there was a time that you um, were asking God for more, that you wanted more of Him, and I'd mm-hmm. really love the listeners to know, like what was going on in your life and what God did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that was when I was 15 years old, and I'd really come to the end of myself. You know, um, as many young people at that age do, but many at that place that crossroad, they'll turn to the world or they'll turn to God. And thankfully I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go after God and I need him to prove that he's real. I'd grown up in the church and, um, I'd gone to all the Sunday school classes, Sunday morning church, Sunday night, Wednesday night, missionettes, all these things I knew about God. And I would talk about how I loved God, but there was a disconnect with the God I knew about and this God that 
the Bible talked about would transform my life, you know, and that wanted Mm -hmm. to walk with me and that wanted to know me and that wanted me to know him, you know, that called me beloved. And I'm like, I don't know that God, but I'm like, I need that God because I, like I said, I was at the end of myself and I was, uh, felt alone. I felt so much rejection, shame, um, insecurity. I didn't know who I was. And so my, my family had been going down to this revival that was going on in the mid to late nineties in Pensacola, Florida. And my mom was coming back talking about, you know, how God was moving and it, you know, and, and she wanted Mm. me to go down with her. So I went down to this revival and I'm like, all right, God, you know, now's the chance, you know, everybody's talking about how you're moving here. I mean, millions were coming through from all over the world, encountering the presence of God. And I'm like, God, if you're real, I need you to encounter me and Mm. people would go around and get prayed for, but I'm like, I don't even want to go seek out prayer. I want you to come direct to me, God, because I need to know once and for all that you are who I've learned that you are, you know? So I just stood in the aisle way and just be, and just sort of stood there almost hard hearted, but yet this deep inside, I was desperate for him to be real, you know? Um, And some people would come around and pray for me every now and then. But this one man came over and prayed for me. And he just, the presence of God hit him as he laid hands on me. And he was overcome by the presence of God. And he said, girl, I just see you reaching so many people. And then Mm -hmm. in a moment, it was like lightning hit. And he said, mover, shaker, history maker. And when he said that, that was a word an anointed word from heaven that spoke right into my heart and it broke through every wall and it broke through my doubt, my insecurity of who am I and spoke truth about who I was. And I, and my, and I began to just cry out and I lifted my hands up to the heavens and, and the tears began to flood out of my eyes. And in a moment I felt these two hands come down from heaven and just push me to the ground into this kneeling Mm -hmm. position. And I look back at it and I'm like kneeling before the father, before him in reverence, like, yes, I'm real Chrissy and you'll kneel before me, you know? And I did. And I just began to weep and this went on for a while. And then I know that the, the church was closing and I tried to get up and I tried to move and make my way to the door to my family. And as I was moving about, it was like I was looking through something and I realized it felt like there was this bubble around me and I felt like I was floating and I made my way over to my family and my uncle looked at me with tears in his eyes and shook his head and he just said, he's big, isn't he? And when he (laughs) said that, I mean, I felt my knees buckled and I fell to the ground because I realized that's what was happening in that moment. I was encountering once and for all the bigness of our God. And yes, he's big. And I couldn't even stand in that reality. And then the presence that was all around me just went and like blasted inside of me and began like cleaning out my heart, cleaning out my pain, you know, renewing my mind. And God started to speak to me and scriptures were coming to me. And he said to me, Chrissy, I've always been with you, but now I have my arms wrapped around you. And they ended up having to carry me out of the church, wheel me out of the church in a wheelchair and carry me into the, the hotel we were staying at. And that whole night long, I was held in the arms of our father, God, who is absolutely real and absolutely cares to encounter us. And I woke up the next morning, 
with this fresh sense of, I know who I am. And I remember just looking up and just saying, good morning, Lord. And I heard him say back, good morning, Chrissy. And from that Mm -hmm. day on, like the lens of my life had forever shifted where I knew God is real. God is big. God is good. And he loves us so much. And I'm his child. (laughs) That's awesome. It's so awesome. And I know so many people have shared their stories when they encounter God that there is like this weight. I know Mm -hmm. there was one time where um, I'd been doing a fast for quite a long time, and it was the longest one I've ever done and went into church and worship started. And I felt that weight. And I was like sitting in between two people I didn't know. And so I was holding onto the chair in front of me like, um, (laughs) like, God, you're really close. Like when I fast, Mm -hmm. I just so feel his presence. And I was like, um, but I can't really like. I, you know, I, I need a little help here to stand up because these poor two people on either side mm-hmm. of me are not going to understand why I can't really stand. Um, but and it's a it's a real thing, charismatic or not, like the presence of God comes and it can if it can affect us spiritually and emotionally, like why not physically? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're talking about the God who created the universe, the God who made mountains and and made seas and parts waters. You know, he's. He is a big God and he wants us to know him that way. That puts in proper alignment our mm-hmm. our view of ourselves and of him and launches us into the scriptures that say, with God, all things are possible, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's nothing weird or, or anything about it. And for me, that's just all I know. I mean, that I don't know what, you know, charismatic or whatever it may be. I just know that that's God. And that's what he did for me. You know what I mean? Totally. I love it. You know, um, one of the things that some listeners might be thinking is, I haven't had an experience like that with God. And they want that. They want more. Mm -hmm. What would Mm -hmm. you say to them? Um, I would say ask. You know, Mm -hmm. Jesus tells us what to do. He says, you know, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. You know, God encountered Jeremiah And he said, he tells Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, you know, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, you know. And then he goes on to say, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. And then the next verse, it gets me every time where he says, I will be found by you. Mm. God says to us, there's an invitation. And that's alive today where he says, I will be found by you. He wants us to find him. He wants us mm-hmm. to seek him. He wants us to want him. That's it. Yeah. You know, he all eternally, he wants us. He wants the same in return. He wants our want and our desire. Yeah. I think so, so much want about- him. That's what I would say to the listeners. If you've not had that, just ask, ask for it and then seek him, seek God until you find him. And then he will be found by you. Yeah, it it's just like any relationship, right? Yeah, like we can't expect one side to do all the work. Um, yep. The other day, I was driving and I was praying and I was just rattling all these things, and it was a mix of prayer for other people and praise and declaring that He's good. And all of a sudden, in the middle of my prayer, I felt like Him tap me on my shoulder and was like, "Hey, c- can you stop talking so fast? Because I actually want to respond." Nice. I love it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, like I forget sometimes when I'm praying that like 
like God is there listening and he wants to interact with us. Mm-hmm. He wants to give us, you know, whether it's dropping a scripture or a word of encouragement or just to, you know, sense his presence in peace. And um, and so I've been trying, like, I, you know, I've lived that way. But in this particular day, literally a few days ago, it's really changed the the pace of which I pray is slower and I'm remembering to be quiet and be still and know that he's God and that he's so for us, not against us. And he wants to give us wisdom and we get it through the word, of course, but these encounters with him is when the word becomes alive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so you, um, you had mentioned earlier that something that I think is also an important key to your experience for helping uh, for others to see themselves. And that is you kept saying, knowing who I am in him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need to know who God is. But mm-hmm. I think a big piece of what keeps people from even knowing who he is, is knowing who we are. So can you mm-hmm. share with the listeners why our identity in Christ is so important to know in order to have more of his presence in our lives? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's this there's this powerful thing that happens. There's this exchange that occurs when we're born again. And that is that by the blood of Jesus, we're made the children of God. You know, the Jesus says, for mm-hmm. all who receive me, they will be the children of God, you know? And so it's, and so what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that look like? And that's such an important thing for us to, I don't know that we'll ever fully understand it, you know, Mm -hmm. on this earth because our minds are so limited. And like Paul said, you know, today I know in part, but then I'll know in full, you know, but we, that's why we live by faith, you know? So we live by faith by, you know, hearing the word of God and speaking the word of God and we, you know, we read the scriptures that tell us time and again that we are the children of God. We're the beloved of God. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. You know, we yeah. are redeemed and bought with a price. And so it, it's so important. And so that brings us into relationship with God. You know, um, mm-hmm. Hebrews 4.16 says that we can now come boldly before his throne, you know, and that when it, whenever I read that, I see a child running to me, you know, running to my husband, sitting in the chair. They don't know any restriction or restricted access to us because yeah. we're their parents. There's no restriction. Now, in the in in cry in, in with God, there was restriction. There was a block for all, you know, all in the beginning. There was a block because of sin. And that's why Jesus came to remove that block and that hindrance to say so that, 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 that those scriptures could then be released that now by the blood of Jesus, all can come near that Ephesians says. So we're welcomed into now the family of God as the children of God. And until we really know that about ourselves, we can be almost puppets to the enemy to shame and doubt and unbelief and like condemnation, you know, and that's what I was living in before I encountered God. God took me just as I was. The father reached down and wrapped his arms around me. And I wasn't fasting. I wasn't doing any of those things. But I had mm-hmm. a hunger to, and a desire to know that he was actually who I had learned him to be. And so, yeah. you know, the Bible says that um, God is near to the brokenhearted and he rescues those who are crushed in spirit. So he takes us just as we are and um, 
to know that we are, uh, like first Peter says that we're his chosen people, you know? Yeah. Um, we, you know, we can go look in the mirror. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I just stare at myself and I'm like, what does this mean to be a child of God? God, how do you see me? Tell me how you see me. I know how I see me, but how do mm-hmm. you see me? You know, and he, yeah. he'll tell us and he'll mm-hmm. tell everybody, each one of you who are listening, if you are needing a fresh perspective, I mean, it, if we're dealing with shame, then that means we need a fresh perspective of identity. If we're dealing of our identity in him, if we're dealing with condemnation, we need a fresh perspective. I deal with it on and off all the time. So I then, but at least I know where to go, you know, Jesus Absolutely. has come to me, you know? So that's, that's like a long answer for you. It's <laughs> a good answer. And I think you brought up something that's important, which is that it doesn't matter where what we're, what state we're in when we come to him. I happened mm-hmm. to be fasting and had an encounter. You didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and you were kind of, like you said, like, you know, you know, a little like just standing there, not sure if he would come or not. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember the words used, but what I love about God is it doesn't matter the state we're in for him to come and encounter us mm-hmm. because we'll never, in my worst states is sometimes when I encounter him the most. Mm-hmm. So um, it's so good. You know, one of the things um, in your book that you talk about is how you um, you called it the day that Jesus took you by the hand. Mm-hmm. And your book is just filled with stories of uh, encountering God and so that people will know that they truly were created to have what seems like impossible encounters sometimes. And so I would love for you to tell that story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this was, uh, this was a few years ago. And so fast forward 15 years and, um, I was really hungry for another encounter and I'd been praying and crying out to God. It's almost like I was praying his heart because then sure enough, I encountered him, you know, but he let this hunger brew inside of me. And, um, I, one day I was just actually doing something very normal. I was in a kitchen And, um, granted it was kind of a ministry event and there were lots of people there and we'd all been, um, you know, worshiping God and things in it, but it was lunchtime. And, um, and I was standing in the kitchen and I could just feel the presence of God in this room. And it was like, I had this excitement that I knew something was about to happen. And I, I started to walk and I had my both hands behind my, by my side. And suddenly I felt this hand slip into mine and I looked and there was nobody there. And I, so I just stood there and it was like, (laughs) I couldn't move. I'm like fear and trembling, you know, the fear of the (laughs) Lord came all over me because I knew what was happening. And it was, and I closed my eyes and it was Jesus. And he had taken me by the hand and he said to me, and, and I, and so in my spirit, it leapt and I, and I, and I just said, Jesus. And then he started to speak and he said to me, come follow me. And I thought, Oh, wow, this is going to be exciting. I'm going to, he's going to take me into my future and let me see, you know, some more vision for my life and his plans. And, but what ended up happening is he said, come follow me. And what he did is he took me into this encounter and experience with him where I was taken back into moments in his story where I was able to see what he saw and feel what he felt. And he brought me first to this, in, this moment of the woman at the well that, that the gospels talk about the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. And I, 
I, I could hear this conversation happening. Um, I was, and it was just, I was like in this dark kind of dark place. And I realized it was like, I was almost in the well listening to this conversation happening outside of the well. And it was Jesus talking to this Samaritan woman telling her, you know, read the script, read the gospels. You know, he's telling her about her life and, and about the, the husbands that she had had and things. And, and he's showing her compassion, but he's saying to her, um, if you knew who I was, you would be asking me for living water. And as he's saying this to her, I could feel like the hope she must've been feeling in that moment rush Mm -hmm. up inside of me. And it was the equivalent to the water in the well, and it was bubbling up and it was bringing her joy and it was bringing her life. And, um, and he let me feel that and he let me experience that. And then all of a sudden he took me to another moment and it was when he was pressing through the crowd and he was going to heal that 12 year old dying girl. And it's the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And in this case, I'm seeing through his eyes and I'm feeling what he's feeling as he's pressing through the cloud, the crowd. And I felt this fierce, I describe it as a fierce focus. It was like a lion. He was so focused on where he was going. And then all of a sudden this moment happens where he feels power leave his body. And I could feel this shift. And it was just as fierce as that focus to shift and find whoever it was that tugged on him. And he said, who touched me, you know, with this big crowd pressing around him. And I could feel his heart as he had to go and find this woman who had touched him and he needed to confirm her healing. But he also affirmed her identity when he said daughter. And I could feel in his heart how important both of those things were. He called her daughter. He shaped who she was in that moment. Daughter. And then he said, your faith has made you well. So he's saying to her that, you know, not only is she well, but how it happened. And it was through her faith and who she is. And then I was taken into the moment of the woman caught in the case of adultery. Hmm. And I could feel the compassion of Christ as this woman who's being thrown in front of him by her accusers. And I felt Jesus, he had to get to her. And in this, Hmm. in, in my vision, what happened is she was thrown in front of him onto the ground. And before the dust even settled from her being thrown, he was lunging to her wrapping around her, his robe of righteousness to shield her from these accusations. And I could feel the intensity, the dirt. I could feel it was getting in my eyes and my mouth. And he looks up with that same fierce focus. And he says, if any of you are without sin, let them cast the first stone, you know? And, and then the last place he took me was the cross. And I can't, it's so hard to even describe this one. Um, because it's just so, it's so heavy, but he, I was on the cross and I could see through his eyes and I could feel his heart for the people that were persecuting him and how Mm -hmm. he ached. He ached for these ones who he had come, he came into this earth to save and they're the ones that nailed him to the cross, you know? And yet his cry from his heart wasn't anger. It was father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, you know? And I felt that ache and that cry, that plea to the father for forgiveness of these people who were blind, you know, to bring right. forgiveness. And, and then all of a sudden amidst that angst, I could feel this 
sensation bubbling up from within and it was familiar. And it was the same feeling I felt when I was in the well of that living water bubbling up. And I realized it was joy. And in that moment, I'm feeling this joy bubbling up inside the lamb upon the cross. And I realized it's the scripture hit my heart of it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. And in that moment, I'm seeing faces and faces and faces of all the people that he was on that cross for, you know, and why he was doing that and what he was doing. And then it, and then it was over, you know, and then all of a sudden I was just sort of back out, you know, sort of snapped out of it or whatever you want to say. It's hard to have language for it, but I was back in my surroundings and so overcome by what had just happened. I remember kind of falling back a little bit. It apparently had been an hour. I was just standing in this one spot and I grabbed my laptop and I knew I had to record this moment. I had to write it down and he took me back through it again. And I just wrote it all down one time. And that's what I have is this unedited original, you know, experience encounter documented from that. Wow. Yeah. And what I I see in there are invitations, you know, they're invitations to us to understand the heart of Christ for people, for humanity, you know, to see his focus for the one that's sick and then to see how his focus shifts when he needs to affirm somebody, you know, and to see, you know, his heart for the ones who are being condemned and judged and persecuted, you know, um, and there's an invitation for us to, and to see how those stories marked history, you know, and those women had no idea how their story would shape history and how we would glean from him. And that's how we are. You know, we are called to encounter him as well. And we have no idea how our testimony and our story is going to shape history, but we just live it. You know, we live it and we know that there's this effect that's happening as we share our story with others. Right. You know, I find it, I'm sure you noticed it too, but he gave you three examples of three women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What do you think that was about? I don't know. I mean, I, but I find it beautiful, you know, because mm-hmm. they were such a picture of man's perspective versus God's perspective, you know? And so these women really represented those that were um, underestimated, overlooked, you know, um, outcasts of society mm-hmm. and how Jesus singled them out and how protective of he, them he was. Yeah. You know, and, when you, yeah. when you said, um, that he had to, when the woman touched him and the power left him, he had to find who that was. And when you were saying that, it just reminded me of how, if we will, like what we were talking about before, if we will seek him, he, we will be found like he will stop what he's doing to turn around and not only talk to us, but find, like, where was that coming from? Where is that faith? Who who believes so much they could be healed or they could have the answer to their prayer if they just encountered me? That's the kind of person I want to encourage that you will have it, that which you've asked for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. For all who hunger and thirst, they will be filled. So if there's a hunger inside, if there's a thirst inside, the promise of God is that you will be filled. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. So make yourself, I just hear this from the Lord too, just make yourself available for filling, that God wants mm-hmm. to bring a filling to you today. I see a person sitting there with their hands now lifted up, like, fill me, God. 
you know, fill me. And I see the waters of heaven just coming over you now, bringing a refreshing to your soul. And I hear the words of Jesus saying, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Amen. You know, and that's where identity comes. Mm -hmm. We have to know that we will get that. That we have to know as daughters and sons of the Most High God that He wants to, He is looking to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to see whom He can strongly support. I don't remember where that scripture is exactly, but mm-hmm. that we, if we don't know our identity in Christ, we can't, first of all, we don't know how to ask because we don't believe that we're going to get it. But we also don't know what he, like if we don't know our relationship with him, we don't know that he's good and that he wants mm-hmm. to give us good gifts. Mm-hmm. So knowing who God is, but knowing who we are in him, it's, you can't separate the two things. That's so right. You know, I think about my kids and they're not going to go ask a stranger for lunch, you know, or breakfast, yeah. but they'll come and ask me and they'll probably ask me 20 times before it's actually lunchtime, but that's the relationship, <laughs> you know? That's the relationship, and that's what God is after with us as His children. So when you uh, wrote Created for the Impossible, you've got this story in there. What else, if people buy this book, what else can they experience through the book, and what was your heart behind writing it? Yeah, my heart behind writing it was to, um, I mean, just to share purely and authentically the encounters that I've had with God to stir up hunger in the reader for what's available for them. You know, I want to make sure that everybody, whoever hears any story I've had, a testimony or encounter, that they know that's that's not just for me, that it's an invitation for them. You know, if God did it for me, he'll do it for them. And I believe that God wants, he, he's longing for us to hunger for him more. I, I You know, and that's what I pray and testimonies I've gotten from my book is, is that's, that's happening. Um, that people will realize what's available for them with God, you know, and that it will break down walls and barriers and boxes that we put God in uh, unintentionally. I'm sure, you know, we all do it. Um, and it will then release and bring a unlocking and activating inside of each person, um, of what they can go after with God. And then, suddenly their dreams, their hopes, you know, um, their destiny becomes more and more accessible because we realize that it's a partnership through the relationship with God, you know. Good. I love that. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. it didn't stop with the book. So the Lord, (laughs) you wrote this book and God's hand is on it. And I know that you've, you know, been on some interviews talking about the book, but then one day you were driving And Mm -hmm. tell everyone what you heard the Lord say. Yeah, it was just after my book had released, several months after, actually, in summertime, my kids and I were driving north on a road trip, and Mama just really needed some, I needed just to drive and unwind. For me, I (laughs) love driving. And um, it was a very quiet drive. My husband couldn't come with us. Um, He he had to work, but um, my kids were watching movies and playing on their tablets and whatever, and usually I, you know, I'm listening to worship or I'm talking on the phone or talking to the Lord, you know, and it was just silent. I have music on or to totally, um, unplug and unwind. And, um, we had made it about eight hours into our trip and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit spoke and, and he, in a moment, he just waved this banner in front of my eyeline, like a, on the back of an airplane. And he said, created for the impossible TV. 
And I saw that written on this banner flying in my eyeline. And in that moment, he gave vision, um, just a download, like a movie reel, a vision for a TV show that he wanted me to, to have. And he said to me, Christy, there are many people that need to read your book, but they'll never read it. So you need to do this show. And he gave me a vision on how to steward the message of Created for the Impossible by releasing it through teaching on the show, by having guests on that would partner with the message, that are living the message in their own way. And I could share their story, you know, mm -hmm. and they could share their story. And um, I got really excited about it. And I thought, yes, okay, God, I'll, I'll make phone calls right now because I, I, I knew people. Um, who had or that worked at the Christian Television Network in uh, in Pensacola, where I live, and he said, "No, wait." And I thought, "Oh, oh, okay, this is one of those waiting things." Okay, I'll wait. And so um, several months went by, and um, one day I was in the in the fall. Later in the fall, I was in my closet praying and crying out for God. It was like I had this angst, this angst inside that something was supposed to be happening. Something was supposed to shift. So I was crying out for it and interceding for it. And, um, and God, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit spoke again. And he said the same thing created for the impossible TV. And that banner flew by my eyeline again. And, I, and then he said, now go for it. I'm like, Oh, okay then, you know? <laughs> and so I, that was a Monday and I, on Tuesday had a call with the station manager and, and set up a meeting with them for the following Friday to pitch the show. And, um, and then Wednesday I had a, a breakfast with a friend who's, who's very prophetic. And before we even talked, she just sat down at the table and she looks at me and she goes, Chrissy, have you ever thought about having your own TV show? <laughs> and she's like, and I just sat there and stared at her, didn't say a word. And she's like, I just see it. She's like, I just see you there. see you having your own TV show. Is that something you've ever thought of? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just so I told her the story. And that was so cool. And then that afternoon, I was on another side of town at a different coffee shop waiting for my daughter to finish her dance class. And I bumped into a rabbi friend that I know. And he looks at me and says, so do you have your own TV show yet? <laughs> I'm like, what in the world? So I went and told him the story and he's like, yeah, um, he's like, I, you know, I can see it, Chrissy. It's going to be amazing. And so sure enough, that Friday I get to this station, I'm telling them this story, these stories too. And they're like, are you kidding me? And, um, by that afternoon I had papers signed and I had a TV show and it's a miracle. <laughs> it's just really a miracle. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And people can find the TV show. And, um, can you tell them a little bit, not only online on your website, but when it airs and what stations? Yeah, it airs on, um, it airs on the Christian television network, um, all across Northwest Florida and South Alabama on CTN on Wednesdays at 12 central and Thursday nights at 930 PM central. And then air, and then I, um, it's also going to be airing on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network starting November 1st, um, awesome. every Monday, it will be on multiple times on Monday, like 1230 in the morning. I, I can't remember all the times exactly, but Mondays they'll be on three different times and you can okay. check there. It's Supernatural Network. And then online, I have it on my website as well on uh, christynelson.com. There's a tab for the TV show. That's great. Well, I love that story because 
it seems like what I see in your story is just pursuing God. You sense when he's drawing you into more, you go for it and you're willing to wait. And mm-hmm. I think I've heard that each time. Like you're like, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm here and I'm showing up and I'm waiting and he opens the doors and it's, you're not trying to manufacture things. I think in this season, people are if I could just take a little detour, like I've, I've felt the pressure, like to, because so much of online things, you can make something of yourself. Mm -hmm. And, but when we let God drive it and we just are obedient, not that we don't have to work, but Mm -hmm. that we partner with him in obedience. And then our work after he's called us, after he's given us vision that he makes things happen and doors open. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then he's getting all the glory and the credit, and then it's beyond yeah. what we could ever do on our own anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I encourage people to check out the show. It's so good. Um, I've watched a couple episodes now. And how often do you release a new one? Um, well, we our show's just in reruns over the summer, um, okay. and we're just getting ready. I think it's coming to an end of the um, that rerun period. We aired 13 episodes new, and then they re-air for 13 episodes. 13 weeks again, those same episodes. And so now it's just coming up to the next batch of the find the second half of the first season, the next 13 in the next couple weeks will be airing fresh. So, and I'm excited because it, they, um, God has really been moving in the, um, on the set and giving vision, showing, you know, just people, um, as we pray, um, during commercial breaks, even he'll show us people, people, and and we'll come back on to to film, and and I'll have a word for someone, you know, and it's wow. just really been exciting to see what he's doing. <laughs> and so, if people are watching this show, what do you hope for them to walk away with? <laughs> I love it. I God gave me a word. The word for the show is to mine out the gold and bring activation. So the God is saying there are so many people who are out there and there's so much gold inside of you, particularly women. The show is really targeted to women. Um, my book is for everybody, but God wanted the show to be targeted to women because he said that the enemy is trying to silence the voice of women saying they're just a mom, just a wife, just a worker, just this, that, and the other thing. And God is saying those are high callings and he's mm-hmm. wanting to bring us out of this place where we minimize who we are And we begin to see ourselves how God sees us. And he's wanting to activate the gifts and the callings inside of women and say, it's time, daughter, to rise up and go for it. Just go for it with me. You know, he's had me kind of living that and doing it. And I continue. It's challenging. Yes. But he wants to mine that gold out and he wants to he wants to bring activation so that we'll begin so that you, whoever watches and me too, <laughs> will <laughs> go for it with him, with that childlike faith in that, you know, with man, this is impossible, but with God, anything and everything is possible. So we go Amen. for it. Amen. Oh my gosh, girl, we could just keep talking about so many things. I've been so encouraged and I know the listeners have been too. You know, the one thing I was feeling through this whole thing is I would love for you to pray for the audience, Mm -hmm. for those that want to have an encounter, for them to just take a moment Mm -hmm. and close their eyes and be still before God and to lift up their hands and just be ready to receive from the Lord. Would you just pray for people and Mm -hmm. to encounter God the way that you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Father, I just um, I, I ask that you go right now um, into every home and into every heart and um, that you meet these people 
right where their hunger is. And I just, I pray for each person that you would be bold and brave enough to lift your hunger up, explore, dig deep and find, don't be afraid to be hungry. Don't be afraid to be needy before God right now. Don't be afraid to thirst, but dig deep and give that thirst to God. Lift it up like the loaves and the fishes from the scriptures that God would multiply and that he would then fill you up with his presence. Father, I ask that you would divinely release encounters on homes right now, on individuals and on mothers and fathers and on families, that families would begin to encounter your presence. I ask right now for um, every person out there who you're single and you're, you feel lonely. I just release right now a, um, a, a s- overwhelming sensation of the presence of God be released on you, that you would feel a warmth and a comfort, that you know that you're not alone and that God has your destiny, and he has your perfect mate, and that there's a time and a season, um, and that as you continue to wait, that you're actually waiting on the Lord. You're not waiting even on your mate. I don't know why I feel this. I just feel this for somebody right now. You're not even waiting on your mate. What you're doing is you're waiting on God, and that Mm -hmm. will never return void. That will never return empty, and God says, don't grow weary in well-doing, and don't grow weary in the waiting, that the waiting will produce a mighty harvest in your life as you continue to wait on him. So father, release these divine encounters on each and every person, stir up their hunger for more of you that they could know today that you are big, you are real, you are good and you love them so, so much in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Chrissy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Absolutely. My my privilege. And thank you for having me. Oh, it's really, I'm sure the listeners got so much out of this. And, you know, I hope anyone who's listened that you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you want to find more information about Chrissy, you can go to ChrissyNelson.com. Is that right? Is that your email mm-hmm. address? Yeah. Okay. Chrissy with a K. K-R-I-S-S-Y. Nelson. Awesome. Or you can go to the Jill Monaco website, jillmonaco.com, visit the podcast page. You can click on the show notes and you'll find all the different links that I mentioned today. Now, if you really enjoyed this podcast, there's a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, would you please subscribe to the show? That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed and ready when you are. And second, if the ministry has impacted you, I would love for you to help me continue to reach others by leaving a review. You can click a link in the description and you can also give to support the show financially now. Now, a few weeks ago, I got an email from someone in Singapore. So this is a little shout out to Rena. Hey, girl. And the reason I mention it is because I was so surprised to hear that this podcast is reaching all over the world. And that prayer that Chrissy prayed might just be for her. So if you think of Rena, please pray for her. I love technology. She and I talked, you know, over Skype and um, she shared some things of her heart. And I just know that there are more people like her that I can't talk to every single one, but it did make me realize that there are some other people that might not know what else I offer through the ministry. So besides the podcast, if you're searching for the next thing God has for you or you need a breakthrough, whether it's your career or your relationship with God and you're ready to go after it, then you can reach out to me for freedom coaching like Rena did. So I meet with people one-on-one and I would love to meet with you too. 
So as a certified coach through the International Coach Federation, I really have a passion to help you be everything God's called you to be. So I have several packages available. You can go check those out at jillmonaco.com slash freedomcoaching. Well, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, love well, you were made for it.